Hello, this is Yaro Starak, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is JJ the Magician. Hey there, this is Yaro, and thank you for listening to this episode of the EJ podcast. I've got an interview with a very good friend of mine named JJ coming up next, uh, one of my closest friends. So this won't be as formal an interview as you're used to on the EJ podcast. Just a reminder, if you haven't joined my email list for this podcast, go to www.interviewsclub.com and enter your email address on the page you find there to subscribe for my latest podcasts. I always send out an email every time I have a new podcast. And I'm also setting up a series of my very best podcasts to go to that sequence. So to get everything regarding EJ podcast, go to interviewsclub.com. And now here's the interview with JJ. Today we have the pleasure of having a good friend of mine on the show. Someone I've known for, oh, it's probably coming up on maybe even a decade now. I don't know if it's that long, but uh, a person who I spent a lot of time with. I've seen he, him grow his online business. He does incredibly well on YouTube. He just recently surpassed 40 million views. So that's like its own television show. And he's also made well over six figures from his business on YouTube, as well as selling his own information products. And he's actually in the entertainment magic niche. So he teaches people magic. And he also is an entertainer himself. He's an MC. He travels the world. He has an online business. He also has an offline business. So we're going to hear everything about all he does. JJ, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And can I just say that was a terrible introduction? No. <laughs> was, do you like that? Do you like very, that? <laughs> that was very kind of you. You you kept to the script very well. No, okay. that was very nice. And uh, look, you know, yes, we have known each other for a while, and it's great to be here, and it's great to chat with you as an entrepreneur all around the world. You're in Canada right now, and I'm in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. So welcome, welcome to the internet, baby. Well, that actually uh, is the perfect segue to my first question because JJ, if people um, you know check out your work, they're they're going to see a bit of Asian. But you're not Vietnamese. You're originally born in Sri Lanka, is that right? Because we met in Australia, so there's there's a bit of mix of Asian Australian happening. Am I right? Look, I'm a half caste. So I'm half Australian, half sexy. Um, no. <laughs> So <laughs> that doesn't work for you. Normally works for a girl. Um, so I'm, I'm, no, I was born in Australia, and I my my dad is my dad's the darker one in the family. I call him the black guy. I don't believe in the word racism. So he's the black guy. Mum's the white guy. So I'm I'm white girl. You mean the white woman? Yeah, the white girl. Sorry, white guy. Um, white girl. So uh, yeah, mum's mum's from uh, Australia. Dad's from Sri Lanka, and then I was born in Australia. So oh, okay. that's it. Born and raised in Brisbane. That, yes, I was from a good old uh, rural Brisbane hotel. <laughs> now, I know you didn't go to university. Now, there's a reason why. So, can you, and this is important because I feel you're one person whose career was somewhat defined from a very early age, which is why you didn't go to university. So, is that correct in saying that you you basically one day discovered you loved magic as like, I don't know, how was it eight, ten, something like that? And, and did you know from that point forward, this is what I'm going to do in some shape or form for the rest of my life? Yeah, you make a good point. I don't think it was... I of the magic per se. I always loved magic, the idea of doing magic tricks and impressing people, but I've always loved entertaining people to go to a sort of a deeper, deeper level. And when I finished six, now I should have graduated in 2005, but in my school we had an arts program. So instead of grade 11 and 12 in Australia, it was 11, 12 and 13. So I did another year of school and it was basically the same. It would be eight or 8.30 to 3.30, a lot longer. But what would they what they would do is instead of doing drama over two years, they would do it over four years in a three-year period, if that makes sense. Right. So it's sort of like doing instead of having, you know, let's say 12 subjects on drama, you might have 24 subjects on drama because you have another year and then it's a lot more specialized. And obviously you get to know the teachers better. They know your personality type. So to segue back to your question, one, after I did that extra year, that really, and it was only a small group, it was like eight to 10 people and there was only like two guys and one of them was gay, typical entertainment business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I finished, 
I was like, you know, you, college or uni isn't for me. There's what, what do I need to go study for if I know exactly, if I want to go straight to being a magician, which what I did when I first started. How old were you so, when you picked up magic? It was I was probably about five and a half. Then wow. I stopped till I was about 15. What, what got you into it at five and a half? Magic is a very, a lot of people don't know this, but for, I don't know the statistics, Yarrow, but most children, most boys, sorry, are interested in obviously sports and magic and some kind of, you know, some kind of, they love that kind of puzzle. They, this magic's a very attractive thing for a young boy. So the difference between me and a young boy is I just kept doing it compared to they just give it up and it was a, you know, it was a three-month interest. Mm. So but did, I did just you, loved it. Did you see some magician? Did someone give you a deck of cards? What was the initial spark? No, I don't know. Like that, I asked I mean, my parents. It was five. You probably don't remember. Yeah, like I just, I loved playing sport and I loved magic tricks. It was something really intriguing and, and exciting about magic. I don't know. You know, it's not like my uncle was a magician or I lived in Las Vegas. I lived in a in Brisbane where we don't, you know, there's no really shows every night. We get fed everything off television. So it was just, you know, I don't know. It's a good question. I probably should ask my parents about that, but I, I've asked them before and they couldn't really give me an answer. Okay. So you gave it up a bit, but you got really back into it in your teen years and you're saying you were in this sort of special class at school. You knew you wanted to be a magician. So why try and get into university? What was the plan then upon graduation? Try and make a full-time income from gigs? Is that what you would do? Yeah, look, and the thing, you know, when you look back 10 years ago, because I just had my 10-year school reunion, which is quite funny you talk about this. I sort of, regret's not the right word, but I sort of wish I had a little bit more knowledge in the business and marketing sense. I just wanted to go and work as a magician and make money from it. And the thing is, I was already making money in, I started when I was 15, so that's grade 10. I started making money when I was in grade 11 as a magician. So I would leave school, Have to, I went to a private school, so we had to get a note from my mum take it to the principal, take it to the person that allows that, say, hey, I'm off to go work for Coca-Cola this afternoon, and I come back with $500 cash in my hand, which I thought I was a real cool kid. <laughs> How did it you got, get those gigs at 15? Look, I was – I used to – I was a, I've always been a little bit of a go-getter. I know I've always been a go-getter, and I, I just would give out my business cards all the time. I would do – I used to go out on the street and, and work, not like a busker, but I would go and practice my art. You know, the street's the best way to practice because if you can stop someone on the street and get them to watch you, you know, there's no kind of like why do they have to watch you? So if they watch you and really like it, it's a good way to own your skills. And I used to – I've had probably like 30 different business cards over my life. I just kept giving out business cards. And I remember someone saying, oh, do you do these kind of gigs? And obviously, what do you say? Yeah, I do everything. <laughs> so you, I remember getting a gig for Coca-Cola when I was like in grade 11 and it was sort of like an afternoon – I can't remember if it was like it was like an afternoon trade exhibition or something like that, and yeah, it was five hundred dollars cash, and I thought it was for two hours work, and I thought I was the the man of the hour. Well, no, so and I can understand yeah. why you would consider that your post high school career because you're making five hundred dollars from one gig as a fifteen year old. You're thinking the sky's the limit, right? Yeah, well, I just thought it's a, it's a beautiful segue to to the next move. Like if I'm already if I'm already doing it in school and it's and I'm enjoying it, why would I stop after I finish school? It's not this, the only difference would be I'd have more time to focus on it. Right. So what happens? Well, you know, what do you do when you leave school? You end up you end up not getting back into a routine, and you end up waking up at two in the afternoon and <laughs> going to bed very late. And then you start to realize, okay, well, I'm running out of money. I need to do something. I remember for me, I would work the restaurant scene a lot. I would call up. And I would say, hi, I'm JJ. I am a magician. I love to come and work in your restaurant. And that would that was my bread and butter money. And bread and butter money in our business call is called the money that comes in every week to support you. So the bread and butter money for me was restaurant work. And I go work at a restaurant Thursday, Friday, and Sunday night. Now that might only be like one place was working on tips, one place was like 50 bucks and a meal, one place was like 150 bucks. So that would at least give me a place to find leads as we call it or prospects and i just give up my cards that's 
that was my strategy. And then I would hopefully get private parties and I'd go to networking events and I would, I was really, you know, hustling quite a lot back mm-hmm. then. And how did it go? So 18, 19, 20 and onwards? You know, yeah, like it was, it was tough. Yara. it was a tough gig like any, any show business. I didn't have any marketing or business advice, but I would use my, as I said, go get attitude of just like, I would tell everyone about what I would do. Anyone at a coffee shop, I'd always be doing something. I'd always have something on me to perform to someone. And I would say that did get me a little bit of work, but, you know, I, I didn't understand about marketing. As an entertainer, you, you forget, and as you know this perfectly, Gary, you know, what's the solution to, what's the, what, am I, what problem am I solving to my customer? And I thought it was all about me. So all my marketing material, everything was about me, 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 me which I realized until I was about 23 that it doesn't work like that. And when I wanted to transition into the higher paying shows between two to $5,000 a show rather than three to $700 a show, I had to change that. So that was a long, long journey. And it was just a lot of, a lot of struggles. You feel very lonely. You have months where you don't have money. I, I believe that I sort of met you around that time when I was just starting off my YouTube channel as well. So that's yeah. sort of the segue to where it is today. I think if I remember, you, you might have been 25 when we met. I, I, I saw, But one question you brought up there, you said you realized it wasn't about you. Did you change your marketing to somehow make it about the customer? And how did you do that for, for magic and entertainment? Yeah, well, like I can thank your old business partner and good friend Gideon Shalwick for that because... How did you meet him? Let's, let's talk about Gideon because that's how we met. Yes. So Gideon, I met Gideon. I'm not sure if he was going to listen to this, but if he listens to this, he's not going to like this. Gideon has always been an interested, aspiring thespian, aka <laughs> actor, aka wants to be the, the 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 TV the the TV TV superstar guy. So we, I've always been interested in acting, and I was doing performing arts and, and music and dance when I was, you know, five between five and fifteen. Anyway, so I went to a casting audition down the Gold Coast. And my agent, as we'd call it, he said, look, there's another guy coming from Brisbane. Would you mind taking him? And I'm like, okay. So Gideon came with me. Obviously, in that hour in the car, you get to know each other. He liked what I did. We had lunch after. And then two weeks later, we came up with freemagiclive.com. We moved pretty quick. I remember we went to Starbucks on the corner in, in the city, in Brisbane City, and we caught up and it was like, this is what, have you thought about making YouTube videos to put, to, to, to promote yourself? And I went, oh, it's, it's only new. Cause this was 2009. Yeah. This is like, this is when YouTube was still in its early stages. Obviously it opened in 2005, 2006, but by sort of 2007, eight people have been hearing about it and in 2009. It was still new. So I was like, yeah, I've heard about it. There's not that much content online about magic. Okay, let's do it. So that's how I met Gideon. And then obviously to your question about the marketing, understanding and making online products and creating call to actions and internet marketing business, I started to understand about what problem am I solving for the customer? What are their needs? What, why are they going to book me? It's not about I can do the greatest trick. It's like, hey, I'm going to make give you the best event you can have or everyone is going to leave feeling like they've had the best night ever or I promise you to give you the best wow factor for your guests. So when I transitioned into the corporate world, which is high-end shows, so for shows like Starbucks, Virgin, Coca-Cola, for their big awards dinner nights or big conferences, that's when I started to change my marketing material. Can you give one tip for maybe someone who's listening who's thinking, you know, I want to get that kind of gig, the high-paying one. What would you mm. recommend they do in their marketing to appeal to that, that crowd? Absolutely. The tip I would give is you need to make sure that you look like a million dollars. Even if you don't have a million dollars, you need to – it's perception-based. It's all perception-based. So it's – you know, you can go with the whole fake it till you make it concept, but – I would get your marketing material looking like you look like a $5,000 or $100,000 act. That was one big thing someone told me. And there are easier ways to do that these days because, you know, credibility is important. You know, having Starbucks, Facebook, uh, Facebook Starbucks, Virgin, Coca-Cola on your website for logos you've worked with, work with, sorry, when people see that, it automatically gives them 
credibility that, oh, wow, he must be good because he's worked with these people. And, you know, obviously in my act, I'm a visual medium, so I need a really slick showreel. So these are the things I learned over five, six years, but you need to, your marketing material needs to, you need to look expensive. If you look expensive, you you'll, when, when the right people are looking at your site, they'll just assume you're expensive. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I really like the social proof of the big brands. I think once you get your one really important gig, like that first Coca-Cola gig as a 15 year old, then being able to put that brand on mm. your website, that that's really powerful. Take us back to the start of freemagiclive.com, so your website, but really your YouTube channel. So that's what really kicked off your online presence, mm. right? That was the first big step you made in, in I know you, I'm sure you had a website before that for your for your potential clients, but really that was just like a brochure site, right? So when you did YouTube, it's the first time you really started to put yourself out there online. Is that right? Absolutely. So what was the plan? You guys said, let's get a, a YouTube channel up. And what, what, one, sorry, one second, one second, Garrett. One second. All right. Hello. I believe JJ is now speaking to a delivery man. He did pre-warn me that there would be a delivery guy he'd have to pay some money to, and then he'd come back and join us. So I don't believe in post-production editing of the EJ podcast. I'm just going to talk hey. to fill the space. And, uh, you keep it real. This isn't like... You know, I don't have 20 assistants to be like, Jennifer, you do this. Well, you know, I, I could edit this afterwards, but I like legitimate, you know, real, honest. We're friends too. So keep, keep answer my question, JD. Let's jump back into this. Yes. Uh, and thank you for that great segue. Okay. So to the question that you asked. What was, was the plan? It, how did I get started? What was oh, the what plan was with your YouTube channel? Mega riches? Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. Good question. So the plan for the YouTube channel was when I met up with Gideon, he said, hey, let's start putting videos online and let's see what happens. And if it goes well, let's think of making it, maybe making products or a membership site or some things that you can sell online to generate more income. And obviously this is all new new to me. So what was your, your hey, web skills before this? Very poor. Like it wasn't, it wasn't nothing, nothing to tell anyone about. Okay. Because so, the thing, the, the thing is, so that we're clear and everyone's clear online. You know, I Gideon didn't say you need to do it all. He actually wanted to partner up with me. So he loved the, the niche concept. He loved magic, which helped. He liked me, which was also the major important part of you know when you work with someone, you got to like the person you're working with. And he thought it, this would be a great way for him to build a case study from the things he'd learned in a market that's not money making. That's not. Um, uh, what's the word life like life um, what is Tony Robbins again <laughs> personal development um, personal development sorry and and, <laughs> and things like that so that's how it started so in I'm pretty confident that within a within a two or three days we had a web set up called freemagiclive.com it was a wordpress blog we started a youtube channel and then we created our first video right in the middle of the city at a coffee shop with everyone behind me and I did like a coin trick and then I taught the trick after. And Gideon at the time did a lot of the back end kind of uploading, tagging, all that kind of stuff. And we got traction. I don't know the traje trajectory, is that the right word, mm -hmm. for how quick it grew in the space of like a month. But I know in a year, I know like with, sorry, within six months, we started to see great traction. We're like, okay, this, well, no, sorry, under six months, it was like two or three months we saw traction. So Gideon was like, wow, this is working better than I thought. And then by six months a year, it really took off. So he's like, okay, this is obviously we've got something here. So during that first year, were you publishing a video a day, a video a week, a video a month? And, and when you say traction, are we talking 100 viewers, 1,000 viewers? What, how good was it? At, at that time, we were looking at more subscribers than, right. than view time because subscribers was the big cool thing back then. So I remember when we hit our first 100 and then I remember when we hit our first thousand. And then every time you sort of hit a number, you're like, well, wouldn't 10,000 be cool? <laughs> and then obviously, wouldn't 100,000 be cool? 10 to 100,000 took a little bit more time. But for us, after we got sort of 10,000 and, you know, 11, 12,000 kind of thing. And, we and how many videos did it take to get there? Sorry, yeah. So we would, we started off doing one a video a week. And then we, 
bumped it up to two and then I sort of managed it a little bit. You know, because of YouTube at that time, there was no formula. No one had done this before. So everything was learning a learning curve for us. So we didn't know whether to do five videos in a hit, one video a month, but we just knew, look, a video a week is pretty consistent. And if it's the same kind of consistent video look and feel and it's me, it can only grow. It can, you know, it's, it, can, it can't be bad. So that's what, that's sort of how do we, sorry, that's sort of what we did to, to grow forward. Did you make any money at that point from it? It wasn't much. It was AdSense was a, once again, back then YouTube didn't even know what was going with ads. So, <laughs> you know, it's, I, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge amount. It was more though how, what we created. So we were creating, I think after four or four to six months, we talked about creating this membership site course called Street Magic Mastery. And it was for people who wanted to become a master magician in six months. So it was a module of every month they would get a course or they would get videos. And the first month was like mindset. Second month was like the basics. Third month was like image and, and style. Fourth month was like marketing. Fifth month was like promotion. So it was like a course on how to be a master magician. And we sort of created that over six months. And I believe we launched that the following year, I think in, in February. How did it go? Not as well as we, not as well as we thought and not as well as Gideon thought. I think because Gideon was, you know, and it's hard in this, it's hard in this industry, sometimes expectations. And I think we all understand that as entrepreneurs, we expect, you got to be really careful of your expectations, but it's, it's hard sometimes when you put a lot of work into something in an, in an industry where you, and we're getting good traction and people are really liking it. We would, we, I think we were thinking it would do really well, really well. Mm. And I think, num, I don't know numbers wise, like I don't know number of customers, but money wise, I think we only did between five to seven grand. So it wasn't a lot of money. You know, I guess, it, yeah, it is something on a launch that we created, but I think it's a result. From, it's a result. Yeah. It's I mean, experiences, you know, he was expecting more like a 20 to 40 grand launch. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Gideon had just recently worked with me. We just finished doing become yes. a blogger and, and obviously. Yeah. That that would have set expectations, but it's also a brand new market, very different market, so it was hard to know what to expect. So, can you? Um, we're sort of skipping a few things here. I'm just uh, sorry. I, I want to ask you a bit about technology because, or maybe maybe the answer is quite simple. It sounds to me like all you really did was just upload videos and people showed up. Is that accurate? Look, that's a great question, and I want to actually jump ahead till three months ago. Okay. And, and I'll, and I'll <laughs> skip the rest of the story. <laughs> Sorry, Garrow, your interview skills suck. I'm going to control this interview. <laughs> okay. No, and there's a reason why I'm doing that. So I hosted this YouTube event and I do a lot of them seeing that, but I hosted this YouTube event obviously because I know the YouTube game very well and obviously the YouTube head office know me quite well because I did their biggest YouTube event in Sydney in 2014. So I hosted a YouTube event where they bring in YouTubers to talk about how to make it as a YouTuber. And the advice that was given two months ago is the exact same thing I was doing in 2009, so 2010, so six years ago. And to bring it back to that point, Yarrow, it was consistency. It was uh, like not reliability, sort of communication so or um, people can get in touch with you. And then, um, sorry, consistency, communication, and there's one more and I forgot it. But <laughs> one video a week and people could always talk and, and, and interact with me and that, that was basically it. There was no other secret. We just put one video a week up. It was consistent. They could talk to me and it was, that was really the secret. There was no, there was no other catch. There was no SEO tricks. There was no back-end, you know, website, link link building. There was no amazing website. It was me as the personality. It wasn't edited overly amazing. It was the content. It was something different, and it was helpful to, to them. Okay, so let's, let's go forward then. So your first launch, not so good, five, five, six, seven thousand dollars 7000 After that, do you guys think, hmm, maybe this is not for us or we need to do something different? What was the plan? I think we both, Gideon and I both realized that we didn't do enough research on our market and we assumed because 
hey, if you're giving away free stuff, of course there'd be magicians that would want to learn this professionally. Mm, that's not true. Because our content was very free, it was a free magic live. It was free magic tricks for people who want to learn magic from whether they're five, whether they're 50, of all different ages. Our, our exact market was more beginner level rather than people who wanted to be a magician. So after we launched it, and as you said, it, you know, we weren't overly happy with it. We re-looked at things. We re-looked, okay, that's not working overly great. Maybe they just want one-off products. So we spoke to them on a survey. We did a lot of surveys and a lot of getting their, getting their opinions on, on certain things. And then we created a, a product where I would spit cards out of my mouth. And that did, that had, did quite well. Sorry, that did quite well over, over, over a good year and a half. It was seven bucks. It was a simple landing page. It was to the point, the video was the selling, selling idea. There wasn't too much internet marketing kind of copy on there. And yeah, it was done, done by PayPal. And that would just be on a, a funnel, you know, so they go onto the website, put the name and email in. And we made money off that for a while as well, whilst looking at different options of, of where to go. Can you break down what the business looked like at this point from a technical standpoint? Because I know your background wasn't internet marketing. Gideon's clearly was. You had a YouTube channel. You had a website. You had an email list. You had a membership site. You had, like you said, a landing page. How were you doing all that? Was it, what were the tools you were using? WordPress blog, you said. That was part one. Yes. Yeah, so WordPress, we had Aweber as our internet uh, email marketing service. We used PayPal for payments. Pay, sorry, PayPal for payments. Membership I'm site. Think, I'm just trying to think if we used for membership site. I'm just wondering if, you know what, I can't remember. That's bad actually. What do you it? use today? Look, today has changed a lot. We use, now for our membership site, we just use um, lead pages as our as our um, so landing pages. Uh, you use ClickFunnels, don't you, if I remember right? For your, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you know my business. Why don't you do tell me? <laughs> I believe you use ClickFunnels, lead pages, YouTube, yeah, AWeber is still for your email list. Is that right? <laughs> and yeah, look, it, I can't. You know what? No, you know what? It was WordPress. It was WordPress we used for our membership site. It was. It was that special WordPress one. It was like WordPress something for like. Oh, uh, maybe um, you know, Wishlist? Wishlist member? Yeah, Wishlist. Wishlist. Yeah. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. There you go. Awesome. All right. So your little $7 product does a little bit better. Um, yeah. Things are going good with your channel or what was happening? And I know you and Gideon eventually parted ways too. So yeah. what happened? So. Yeah, we, we seven dollar product was going well. We created another product to sort of give that an upsell as well to add to that, and that did okay. It didn't do as it didn't consistently do as well as the seven dollar product. And then it got to a point in two thousand and eleven, and this is a quite a alarming kind of you know stop point uh, like experience stopping experience in. Um, in, in my in my career, not and not only um, with my career but YouTube especially, I was in Las Vegas. I finished watching Chris Angel. I came home to the uh, I think I was staying at Planet Hollywood, Planet Hollywood, and got to the room. There was a message by Gideon on Facebook saying, "Check YouTube. You would check your YouTube channel." I was like, "All right, check the YouTube channel." And I loaded, logged in, and it was said. Your YouTube account has been suspended for spam, and uh, there's a word for it, but like, un, you know, you're not you're not following guidelines. Violating our terms of service. Yeah, violating our terms and service, and please contact YouTube for any more information. I went, what? So, what do you do when things like this happen? Like, what would you do? So, like, what would be the first thing you would do, Yarrow? If, like, let's say your your website went down and that's what it said right what well would you it's, do yeah it's i mean uh i don't have anything quite as equivalent because you lost sounds like two years and a whole lot of videos and sure. basically everything i mean if, if my website went down i you know i own the domain name i own 
my WordPress platform. What would be your first? What would be your first thing you would do? Well, would I, like, you know, you'd email YouTube, but I know how well that would do. It's like I lost my Instagram account once, and you know, it's gone for good. I couldn't get it back. So, yeah. I, I mean, I tried emailing Instagram, no reply. I'm guessing that's what happened to you with YouTube. Email them, no reply. No. So let's before I even did that. <laughs> I turned, shut down the computer and okay. started to try it again. <laughs> you thought something's wrong with your computer? <laughs> you, you, just do what, you just do the whole typical like when you're five years old. doesn't work. Just turn it off and try right, again. The, the old uh, customer support. So, just have you restarted just, your computer. <laughs> I just restarted the computer. I went, there's something. Restart. Like I opened up in Safari. I was using Firefox at the time. So I was like, okay, maybe Safari. No, okay, restart the computer. Um, I actually had a shower as well. Oh, yeah, that, that, that relaxed. That would like, I was thinking, oh yeah, it's okay. Like I want to have a shower and turn it back on and check. But on you my got YouTube that channel. email from YouTube saying that no, you got right. You had no, that message. No, it was it, no, it was a. Uh, it was just when you logged into the, your YouTube channel, it would uh, pop up. It would change the screen. Okay. So I went. Oh, I'll just have a shower, and then after my shower, I came back, and then it was still the same. And okay. Then that's why, because I think at that time it was late in Australia, so I couldn't speak to Gideon. So. Yeah, that was an interesting time. And then I obviously looked at my blog because we had the blog and all the videos were embedded on the blog and none of those videos were working. And I was like, oh, great. Like, what's going on? Anyway, so the reason why for all the people on the edge of their seat at home (laughs) who are like got tissues and what's going to happen next, Jay? (laughs) Basically what happened is about eight months ago, we met a guy who – works with YouTubers to get them more watch time, to get them more people to the channel. Now, basically what it was was fake bots. And fake bots for people listening at home are like fake little things in the computer that would like, no, they're not humans, but they would go to your websites or blogs and just act as humans or act as people and it would be classed as a bot and it would like track as, hey, that's one person watching. So I don't know too much of exactly how it all works, but he would, we hired him to help us with some getting, getting more traction to our channel. He said, it's all legal, all this. And I always knew that I wasn't hundred percent sure, but because it was happening for eight months and we didn't have a spike of traffic and we didn't have a super spike of AdSense. So at that time when AdSense was, you were getting paid by people watching your video. So one sort of one view rather than engagement time, watch time. Mm-hmm. So back then, AdSense was a lot higher. Like we were making two and a half to three thousand dollars a month just back then. So when when we worked with this guy, it was making like four and a half, five. So while it was double, it wasn't like twenty-five grand a month. So it didn't ring alarm bells to me. And it was happening for eight months and our channel was quite good with YouTube. You would you would think that if there was a problem, they'd be like, "Hey, just so you know, this is being flagged. There's been a lot of unusual activity." And I was very careful over those couple of months. And then I was like, "No, nah, it seems fine. I'm just going to leave it." Me being naive and thinking it's all very, you know, uh, dream, dream life. Mm-hmm. So, and then we realized after I got a little bit more information over that next sort of week. We, you know, we sent, we sent an email to YouTube. There was a guy that we hired who had access to – he lost his channel, YouTube channel before and he, he made like a PR, what do you call it, like when people send a press release mm. and they, we, we paid him to write it or get a service to do it or something like that. I can't remember exactly. What I think we wrote it and then there was a service that you could get it out to – Oh, no, sorry, sorry. It was a PR service to get it out to like 150 media outlets. To try so and get like, YouTube attention, right? Yeah, to attention to go, oh, hang on a second, we, we might have stuffed up here. Right. So we did that. It got a response back. We didn't get the channel back. And basically what it was is he's, he'd be sending fake people to our channel to get views, to get more money, so we were stealing. That's really at the end of it. So we lost the channel. I had... Most of well, I had all the videos backed up on my hard drive. Thank God. That took a bit of a that took a bit of a, a hard hit because at that time I believe we we're on only about eighteen thousand subscribers. I think we were on about eighty. Was it no? It couldn't be that. Not eighty million, obviously. I think it was like 
I think 17 million views. No, sorry, it was high subscribers, like 60,000 or something with 17 million views. That's right, 17 and a half million views. And obviously Gideon had been using this as a case study. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if you're using this as a case study to sell and get clients into your business and that people go on there and it's like this has been reported for scam, spam, and unusual terms of, you know, violation stuff. It doesn't give you a good image. So that was a little bit like any business partnership, Yarrow, that was a little bit upsetting. It was, it was, yeah, it was upsetting. And also it's going to create tension as, as it was, as it would be for anyone, you know, who could understand. So that took a little bit of a, okay, you know, this, this has taken a bit of a hit. I waited six months. We still had our email list and we still, and we still had our blog. We didn't have any YouTube, obviously, uh, videos. And I guess then when your list must have stopped growing too, right? Because that list was grown from YouTube. Yeah, it was about 25,000 people on that list. I don't remember exactly when we click-through rates or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it, it, was, it was working quite well. And we also made a post on our blog saying, hey, can everyone send an email? Can everyone go to this blog post? I made another video and go, hey, guys, we've lost our channel. We need your attention. I think we got over 1,200 comments to like get people to go, oh my gosh, I love Free Magic Live, I love JJ. So we use that as another point of like another push to YouTube. Right. right. That didn't work either. So, you know, and when these things happen for me, I don't know how you take You must have been bummed know, out, really bummed out. Yeah, you're bummed out. Don't get me wrong, and I was annoyed and I was angry and I was frustrated. All those sort of emotions come up. But I don't know how you when, when things like this happen to you, Yara, or anyone out there who's listening to this, like when when massive things shape your world. And I'm not talking from like a death in the family or something like that, but something with your business where it's like everything just stops. Like every, all your hard work just disappears. For me, I go, maybe it's time, maybe that was that was meant to be. You know, instead of getting angry about it and, you know, sitting there, it's like, look, maybe Maybe it's meant to be. Maybe I'm supposed to do something else. I had a good run. And then I thought, you know what? No, that's not right. Like I've still got all this content. We've got our list. I can just, I should just restart. I should just do this again. And I should just re-upload all the videos I have and pay someone to upload all the tags because we had all the titles and the tags in our blog. So everything was there ready to go. Just the videos needed to be reinserted and Mm re-uploaded. Then... I believe it was about six months, and then I just did that. I found, got the hard drives. One of the hard drives broke, so I only could upload about 100 videos. We did a jolt of new videos on the channel. It just sort of gave it the energy to life on the channel again. We created a channel called Free Magic Live Video, so I did. I did, and I got it all uploaded, tagged, put all the titles in, got all the thumbnails done. Because we had all those saved too. So, you know, you can always, a tip for people out there, have everything backed up. And also a tip, have everything backed up on the cloud. Don't use hard drives anymore. That's just my tip. <laughs> so, yeah, and then then, then we, we got a, a shot of traffic, a spike of traffic again because we got all our email people, email list people to subscribe to the channel. So in the space of like three days, we got back to like 10,000 subs. I think wow. it was 10,000. It was huge. And then obviously, it's funny how it all works. It's sort of like life giving you another chance again. YouTube emailed me and said, hello, we're blah, blah, blah from YouTube. We noticed that you're an upgrowing channel, up like a, a new channel. Now, they didn't know about my previous experience. So we ended up getting like a lot more help from YouTube because they thought, okay, who's this, cha- this guy? He brought, brings out 100 videos. He's already got 10,000 subs in the space of a week. This guy must be. This guy must be worth following. So that that was the transition back, and that we relaunched that in two thousand and eleven. Thank God for your email list. That's really what you're saying here, right? And backups. Yeah. Thank, yeah, thank, yeah. Look, thank God for the email list, and thank thank God for the for the for the videos as well. Yeah. Like to having the backup. So yeah, you're right. Okay, so new channels growing. Sounds like it's, uh, you know, you would have got over the emotions and then suddenly YouTube is paying attention to you because you're an up and coming, rapidly growing channel. You've, yeah. Despite the, the criminal background of your previous channel, which, which thankfully yes. they weren't aware <laughs> yeah. of. So, very good wording right there. <laughs> I know you're not a criminal, JJ, but it's, you know. Um, so, you know, what, what was the plan now? Uh, did you and Gideon talk about, all right, let's do it again and, and do something different or wait and see what happens if this new channel takes off? Where were you at? And this is only, what, two, three years ago now, I think, right? 
Yeah, so at that time, it when that sort of happened, we it's as I said, it took a hiatus. I believe Gideon said, hey, you know, look, these things happen. It happened. It's a mistake that we both made. Look, I might focus on my own thing and I'll, I'll let you sort of run it. And then that's when the business was, you know, it was sort of just given to me. It was like, here, look, you run it and see what you can do. Whatever happens, happens. So I went, you know what? I really want to build this up, not only for me, but I also want to show Gideon that I made a mistake. And, you know, I'm not saying it was all my fault of having this guy on board, but, you know, I'm definitely going to take more of the blame because I sort of insisted a little bit more. And, I, you know, he sort of said, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, it should be fine. And he sort of like let me make the decision. So end of the day, sorry, I said, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes to build this up. So for the next eight months, I did everything. So I did everything from email marketing. I did, I was using Fusion HQ at the time as our sort of our landing page and internet marketing system. I created five new products. I did the sales page. I did the copy. That's when I really learned a lot about internet marketing. I understood everything from, from how to write headline copy to downsells, upsells, payment processing. It, it was crazy. You know, you'd spend, as you know, Yara, you, spend, you can spend 12 hours, 15 hours a day understanding it. Mm-hmm. And that I also learned not only internet marketing, but also about myself and my business and things like that. So I built that up after eight months. I built that up to a point. I don't know numbers wise, but it, obviously we had traction again. I was making videos. We were making money. And it was, it was, it was going again. You know, I think for me, I, I really wanted to build it up and obviously having that email list and, and the pre the videos backed up gave us the push again so I could start promoting and, and selling again. So that's where it got up to. And then obviously I, I know other magicians in the game. And then there was another guy named Xavier who did what I've done and made his own product. He did very, very well. And I said, look, man, why don't we, why don't we work together and why don't we work, you know, you know, internet, you know, internet marketing better than I do because you enjoy it more. Why don't we come as a 50, 50 partnership and you can start, no, sorry. Before I said to do that, I said, why don't you see if you can sell, you know, tweak the pages that I've done and whatever you make over what I'm making a month will go 50, 50. And he was like, deal. And then, yeah, that's how that happened for the next three to six months. And then we ended up working together as a business partnership and that's sort of where it is today. So that was about 2013. Okay. So give us a summary of where is it today? You, you got the channel and you just passed a milestone of 40 million views on this new one and that's free magic videos. Live. Free, free magic, magic live videos. Free magic live videos on YouTube. Yep. How many videos do you have on there now? 500. Really? 500? <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I think, look, I, publicly, I think it's like 422 or something like that. But, you know, there's a lot of videos that there's a lot of hidden videos because, you know, things like fun videos you do with YouTube, okay, it's unlisted. But, yeah, there's about 500 videos on there. 500. So even with the public ones of 400 or so, that's a lot of videos. So, And that's more than one a week over the past – well, I guess if you've been doing one yeah. a week for – five years that's 450 right so yeah well look and that's and that's the thing as well like i think overall like you know you know people have heard the story of how you lose it you grow it again but i think what really is the secret here not that i want to get into this whole like what's the secret of how i built it it's like i think consistency of content is really important and you know yarrow you can definitely say that you're a very firm believer of this and you've made a lot of success from this and I applaud you for it. You know, you wrote a blog, you know, you tell me from, but it was like every week or twice a week for, for how many years? I don't know. How many years was it? How many years? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it was certainly, it was daily for the daily for the first six months and then it was, yeah. yeah, it was a long time, number of years. So if I said to you, if I said to someone, okay, I want you to create this, create something and put it on a place where it can be distributed over the world, do it every week, and the consistency is good, and you're constantly giving new and exciting things, it would be impo- it would not impossible, but it would be very hard for me to say why didn't it work, you know? And this is the secret. I think people forget. It's like, yes, I've got 40 million views, but I did a, I've done a video a week. It's like having my own TV show, Yarrow. It's like I've created a piece of content, a visual meeting content, every week for five years. 
it's like that's why that's where the 40 million views come from really which which leads me to the next question how exactly do you produce your videos today jj what's what's the system look like well okay so great question and to to tie up the other question so at where it's at the moment is i don't love it anymore okay i just i want to move on i want to create a new online business or online personality or video series for more me as a personality so i've leveraged it now to a point where it's working for me so xavier is 50 50 partnership on the back end so anything good that goes from youtube whatever where we promote our traffic is 50 50 so we now have a membership site we up we redid street magic mastering we called it pro magic live and that was just a better upgraded version of street magic mastery we have three really cool products that make us money as well we have obviously the funnel system our email list is growing but we don't put too much work on that at the moment and then i so that's all done which is fine and that's managed but then i was like well i don't want to be the presenter anymore okay so i leveraged myself out i had to transition that so the good thing it's not JJ Magic, it's free magic live, but it's hard because when you're on YouTube, your YouTube, it's very personal. So the transition is still going, but people are understanding that I'm sort of lessening off. So I have another magician working on the channel now who makes content for me every week. And then I haven't told you this, Yara, yet, but I've just actually hired a GM or a general manager or someone to be doing all the things that I was doing. So because he would give me the content and I'd upload, I'd tag, I'd thumb send to the thumbnail. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like this is this is not great for my time. So I've hired another magician who understands our industry to do this job. So that's just been in the last week because I'm trying to get out. I, okay. I don't I don't want to do this for, for 10 years, but I understand the power of having this business. Right. And for someone listening to this who's thinking, I want to get some results from YouTube and I'd really love to know how you've translated a, the videos to the newsletter, so how you actually get someone to come from a YouTube video to join an email list, but still could you answer the how you make a video question? Even when it was back you mm. last, you know, six months, a year, whatever it was, uh, is it, you know, get your Canon 60D out, have someone walk around with you, you perform, then you'd mm. come home and you'd power up, I don't know, um, Final Cut Pro, and you'd edit it yourself, and then you'd upload the YouTube video. Was that sort of how it all worked? Yeah, <clears throat> so exactly what you what you said is what most people think, and it seems very overwhelming. And I can tell people right now, because what I have spoke at conferences and talked about this YouTube story, one of the biggest questions people go, "Oh, it's too much work. I don't own a production studio." Typical people already thinking it's got to be higher than what it is. Videos these days, even back five years ago, it was simple. We we used a it wasn't a Canon, I think it was a JVC. It was, it wasn't HQ quality, but it was like the highest quality it was could give at that time. We just got that. We bought an audio recorder from JB Hi-Fi, which for people at home it's like a, a Hi-Fi store. We plugged that into the camera. It wasn't wireless, so it, we had to put the cable underneath the seat and underneath the the table. <laughs> then we would go home. We didn't use Final Cut Pro. We used ScreenFlow. Now, if you don't know ScreenFlow, is it's a, a a software that you can film your computer so like you know you know what it is Yara, yeah d- desktop recording software from desktop Mac. recorder but these days you know people we also i used to i used to use the free all the free ones online from windows movie maker when i had a pc to what's the one on uh what's the what was the one before final cut pro on the mac yeah the one you get with it um yeah whatever I'm thinking that garage is. brand but it's not great it's uh not garage brand that's for um, music it's it's like yeah. max video built-in video tool we should yeah. know this um uh, looking whatever, for it on my computer right now i should have it <laughs> whatever it is like don't get caught up in the whole process of because that's what stops a lot of people like really two things that stop a lot of people making videos number one Actually, the most important one, the one that pulls people up is, oh, I'm not good on video. Like that's everyone's first initial thought, oh, I'm not good on video because I have a perception of what something should be on video. iMovie, iMovie. iMovie, there you go. <clears throat> Here's the thing with video, guys. YouTube is your channel. You're not, they're not, people, when they watch it, they don't want a news re- a reporter. They don't want a super, super slick presenter. 
<coughs> excuse me. If you're obviously a lot more slicker than someone else, great. But just start making the videos and go to the. You can use your iPhone and go to JB Hi-Fi and, and get a uh, a recorder, like a, a you can plug in a lapel, stick that to your shirt, get a recorder app from the App Store for two ninety nine. Then you've got a system, and someone can record. Um, sorry, you need another iPhone, obviously, because you plug into the iPhone, and then someone can record you off another iPhone. You copy that footage, use the free software, go to the beginner's help desk, learn how to on the program, learn how to cut it. Within a couple, within a week, you'll be making videos. So, you know, I I did that way, and then I did it myself, and then I hired people and. These days I have a bit more money to play with so I can afford to hire the right people so I don't have to do anything. But back then it's not it's, – it's the content. Mm-hmm. And how did you – to answer the second part of the question, how do you get someone from a YouTube video to join your email list? That's a good, great question. So a incentive of – this is exactly the script we would use. At the end of the video goes – Hi, guys. Hope you enjoyed that video. If you want to see three more magic tricks, sign up to our email list and I'll give you those for free straight away. Just sign up at freemagiclive.com. That was it. Sounds like you said that a lot. Uh, yeah, I said that for three years <laughs> every week. <laughs> you know, and things, obviously, I'd change it. I would say like, hey, guys, you know, Halloween's coming up. I've got three cool Halloween magic tricks for you. Totally free that it's not going on YouTube. You only can get that at our website. And it's free. So that that was a very strong, strong thing for us at that time. And that still works. You know, it still works. It's old school. You know, what do you call that in internet marketing, Yara? What's that kind yeah, of? It's a call, call to action. Call to action, you know, giving something away for free. Oh, like a lead magnet, yeah. Lead magnet, yeah. Okay, so... Um, obviously, you've progressed to the point now where you, you're trying to get the business to run itself. But let's just talk yeah. about the business briefly because I know a lot of people are interested in this. Given 40 million views, we all hear about, you know, Ryan, what's his name? Hig- Higgins, whoever, Higgins. You know, yep. making 10 million a year from, from YouTube. Mm-hmm. You've got a fairly substantial channel. Realistically, how much do you make from YouTube and how important is it that you have your own business? As a side product, whether it's selling products, you also do MCing, and maybe you could give us just an overall picture of how do you make money today, including your, your offline work, because that sort of comes from your online work in a lot of ways too, right? Yeah, the question that everyone wants to know. All right, big boy, how do you make money? Get yeah. to straight to the tell money. Us, tell us the answers. Which I like, you know. I, I think, and you know, you know that I like segueing, Yari, because that's what I do as an entertainer. But I, I can't stand when, when people do these interviews and they don't share this information. Like it's only a number. Money is important. Like this is what drives a lot of people. It's like people, but people are so scared of sharing this stuff. I don't know why it's so, you know, it's, I don't know. People think, I think it's weird. So, so tell us already. Yeah. So so to your question, let's take a break. No, to your question. Okay. So what people make on AdSense or from ads is not what, what people think others make is never the same. To give you context, and I don't even know, and not a lot of people know because YouTube keeps changing the algorithm. It used to be you get paid per click, and then you used to be you get, sorry per view, then per click, then it was click on time. a click on an ad. You mean right? Yeah, click on an ad and also click on your video as okay. well. Supposedly, what it is, it's it's very small. It's one percent. So if you make a million views on a video, you'll get a thousand bucks. It's not much. It's nothing, and it, it's 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 actually quite it's appalling if you think about it. You know, if, if you get a million views for someone and you're only getting a percent of that, it's not even like five percent. It's percent. Now it's changed. In the last six months, where a lot of people are making money with, and I why I make a lot more than and most, and I'll tell you how much I make in a second. It's watch time. But engagement watch time, that's the secret now. And this is to date. So it is engagement time of how long and how many videos they consume in a sitting or in one time. Does that make sense? So it's one session, how many videos and how long they watch. Exactly. So, for example, this is why prank videos online or clickbait videos, you know what I mean by clickbait videos, Mm -hmm. right? Like, videos that just get quick clicks. They don't make that much because 
people only watching for 20 seconds of like the girl falls down the stairs when she found out this happened. So of course you don't care about most, most prank videos aren't really built on big stories. So you're skipping straight to the part where she falls down the stairs. You see it quickly in the, the thumbnail window and you quickly go back five seconds cause you know, it's coming. So you watch only for 15 seconds. Now, yeah, look, if 10 million people watch that, okay, that's going to be a little bit of money. But where the money's in, and this is why it's done well so well for me, is engagement time from the whole video. So for me, because I do the performance of the magic trick on the street, then they have to wait till like, normally a video is between five and eight minutes. They have to wait till about six and a half minutes to know the, the secret. There's always like, and here's how it's done, and here's the move. And it's never in the same spot because I blabble, blabber. And I'm, you know, the way I explain it's always different in each video because every trick's different. So I notice in my analytics, I see a massive, massive spike drop after I reveal the secret. But because it's so far into the video, people are watching a lot of the video. So my engagement time is between 55 and 70%. That's very, very high for a YouTube video. The more higher it is, the more money you get and the more videos they watch. So to the people out there, and this is something I just thought of, Yarrow, is if you've got a channel currently that you're doing content online on YouTube and you have and you can you have a bit more time to make content and you've got a little bit of a I wouldn't say personality, but you can you can talk a little bit, vlogging is really, really popular at the moment. And vlogging for people who don't know is making videos of, it's like video loggers. Instead of blogging, it's writing, it's making videos. A lot of people are transitioning into vlogging who already have established businesses because vlogging, it's like a reality TV show. People watch from zero right till the end of the video because people have people are bored. They, they, they want someone to watch. So these vloggers are making a lot, a lot of money because they're watching from zero to, let's say, 15 minutes, but they're watching the days beforehand to understand what these people are talking about. These people, makes, are, these people are just rambling on about things, right? They are, but the thing is people watch this stuff. Like I know obviously a lot of YouTubers because, you know, the, the, the events I've done and obviously the, the small success that I've had, you know, I get to meet these guys and talk to them about it and it's like they get shocked. You know, it's not like – it's not like – you know, sorry to bring this up. It's not like keeping up with the Kardashians. It's not like well, it's not like it's well produced with scripts and they no. have like at this point they need to have this and this and this. It's them. They could just be like, "Hey guys, I'm going to the shops today, and you know, it's been a tough day. He didn't call me back last night. You know, like it's pretty boring content. But because they've got a fan base, people are addicted and they'll watch over and over. And when you come to that channel, if you don't know what they're talking about, you got to go back and watch four others. So think about this. One person is watching one video to learn how to iron a shirt, okay? And it's a three-minute video. Okay, cool. I've learned it. Yeah, okay. I watched it a few times. What do I have to iron? Great. You come onto a vlog, you don't understand it. You've got to watch another four, maybe three to four videos and watch 15 minutes in completion so that's an hour of your time of content plus the new 15 minute video the whole way through to understand what they're talking about if you like their content so you've got a a fan now who's watched an hour and 15 minutes if my maths are right of your content (laughs) right in one sitting of course that's where the money is like it just it just it's like i'm showing the holy grail because it's like of course now you you have promised us to tell us how you make your money and how much you make, JJ. You really are building anticipation here. Oh, sorry, I haven't got to that yet. <laughs> no, you had a bit of a segue here. Another segue. Yeah, you know, I had to get that off my chest because it's important. You okay. Know, someone's gonna, you know, um, so I make I have a million unique views a month. So I'm between nine hundred thousand and one point one million. I make about two. I make well, the dollar's pretty bad, Australia. So, so I make fifteen hundred US, fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred US a month. So it's about. That will just go to US dollars. So, you know, what is that? That would be about 1.4%. If, you know, it's a million views. And I'm how many subscribers do you have on your channel now? 330,000. But you know what? These days. Are you eating, JJ? I am. So these days, <laughs> these days, subscribers aren't the most important thing anymore. It's like an email list, Yarrow. 
Well, I was going to ask, how big is your email list today? Uh, it's not. We culled it. I think it's about 30,000. Okay. But email list and YouTube subscriber, it's about the engaged people watching your content, you know, because mm-hmm. people have – some guys I know have millions of subs, but they only get like 80,000 views a video. I'm like, where has where is everyone, you know? Explain that to me and they can't. Okay. So, 1,500-ish USD from pure video views and that's yeah. Google's – well, it's YouTube's advertising system, which is kind of powered by Google. So, yes. where else do you make a living today, JJ? Yeah, so I, I make a living doing my, my shows. People hire me doing events around Asia and Australia. And that's sort of a quick ROI, getting get out. And now, and then obviously we have our online business with the, the products as well. And so that's making between 1500 to three grand a month, mm-hmm. depending on the months and doing what we're promoting. So, and then that's really it at the moment, you know, so it's really only my shows and then the online business. But, you know, the, as I said to you before the call, you know, it's like while it's not making seven figures a month, you know, it's like think about this. Think about having that extra two, three grand. It all helps, you know. Trust me, that you'd be surprised when that can come in handy, you know, at the end of the month. You're like, that's right, and that's coming in. That's going to – that's good or, you know, two grand, you can you – can, you can live in a lot of places mm. for two grand. And it's, it's purely passive now, I'm assuming, because that's coming from a lot of your old videos, right? Yeah, it, it is, but it isn't. I, I've been scared to stop making content because I'm not sure what would happen if I stopped. Mm. So the thing with YouTube is you can always check the analytics and 80% of my income is coming from about 10 of the videos, sort of like the 80-20 principle. So, yeah. Okay. All right, JJ. Well, we should probably start wrapping it up. We're we're at the hour mark here, so that's that's pretty long already for the interview. Um, thank you for breaking it down and a lot of right questions. Sorry if I blabbered. <laughs> no, you always blab, but you know we we got the most important things. So, how you make your living, how much you make, how YouTube can be used to build your brand, grow an audience. It sounds really all about consistency. That's the one message I'm getting over and over here is consistency. Um, obviously the email list really helped you with that, uh, issue of getting your channel deleted. You make your living directly from YouTube, indirectly by driving traffic from YouTube to your products, through your list, as well as getting your gigs, which I'm assuming is a lot driven by the fact that you, anyone ever Googles you, you've got so much content. So it's one of the best show reels you could ever have is your YouTube channel, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's a great little business. And I know you travel all around the world. Um, you're constantly somewhere in Asia on a gig lately. You seem to be doing something like that every every second week almost, whether in India or Vietnam or Japan or back to Australia and so on. So it's a good lifestyle, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and, I, and I'm, you know, once again, thank you for having me. And I... I think the thing that I want to share though, you know, for people out there, you know, let me ask you quickly, Yaro, the people that are sort of listening to this, you know, do you know, is it, is it more so people that have started a business or is it people that, you know, who who's listening? Don't want to give you, give <laughs> let's, let's wait. Anyone listening? No, um, okay. there will be a lot of people who want to learn from you in particular, JJ, how can they turn YouTube into a traffic slash money source and they don't have they'll have very small channels they you know just getting started they probably don't want to write for example you know they they they're not writers and are bloggers like i am i barely do any youtube they want to be out there in front of the camera and see that as a, a traffic channel so they're curious especially today when it's so crowded like you know can you really launch a new channel today and make it work that's you know that's a big question well, yeah and and sorry to interrupt and that was exactly the what i was going to answer okay People keep forgetting in this industry that, yes, while it is very noisy, yes, I'm in a business, show business, which is extremely noisy, most people aren't aren't going to be doing something – well, I look, I'm making an assumption, but unless you're in sort of the personal development niche and let's say trying to be successful or something like that's your niche, that's going to be a very noisy niche. But even in like – other niches, like if you're selling like anything different, like let's, I'm just looking at a cup right in front of me. If you're selling cool cups, trust me, you do like five, 10 minutes of research on YouTube. No one that I know, like no one would be doing videos in your market. Like videos, as much as we watch videos, so many people don't implement it enough. And all you have to do is just have a little bit of point of difference. And all you need for that point of difference is your personality 
And I'm not saying you need to be a personality like me. You just need to get on camera and just start talking to people and you'll start, you'll like, don't try and think, oh, I got to make this kind of video for this. Just start making videos and see who, who watch. You know, when I first started doing YouTube videos, I didn't go, oh, I'm going to position my marketing material just for that kid. No, I just made the videos and people started liking it and subscribing. I didn't have a business plan or a six-month strategy of what I'm going to say script to script. People are very welcoming if you say to them, if you speak to them like I'm talking to you now, Yaron, and I'm, you know, how I would talk to whoever's listening. It's very natural. I don't mind that there are a few, like I don't say something that sounds right or it's not perfect. It's just good to be honest. Like, hey, guys, you know, my name's Mary. I'm doing a, a I'm doing pottery, and this is the first video I've made, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen, guys, you know, so please be nice to me. You know, people like that stuff. People like a little bit of realism. So just start doing it and you'll get some traction and then just build on that traction. Awesome. So if we want to see the work you've done, go to, well, I guess Google Free Magic Live. That's the best way to find both your website and your YouTube channel. I did that just quickly to see. And, of course, you've got both sites. There's one and two in the rankings. So that's great to see. And, um, yeah, JJ. Thank you. Anything else to throw in before I wrap it up? No, thanks for having me, man. And um, thanks for everyone listening and just go do it. Awesome. Thanks for sharing the story, JJ. Good luck with the future of Free Magic Live and and everything else you're up to. And uh, everyone listening in, thank you for joining us today. If you do want to get the transcript and the show notes to go along with this podcast, they will be available. You're going to get a transcript of all my blabbering. You better better transcript this to the T. If I see one mistake, I'll be like, I said something else there. Don't you edit that. You better edit my chewing, Yarrow. Uh, well, yeah. that, it is outsourced, JJ, but there will be a transcript of everything you say, I promise you. So, um, yeah, as well as uh, the show notes. And obviously, if you want to download a copy of this MP3, if you're on uh, iTunes or something like that, you can grab it from my blog, entrepreneurs-journey.com, or Google my name, Yarrow, Y-A-R-O, and then click the podcast button and you'll find JJ's interview there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I'll talk to you very, very soon. Phew, that was a long interview. JJ had a lot to share, and he shares it in his very unique style. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it for you. Again, a reminder to subscribe for the EJ Podcast updates via email. Go to interviewsclub.com, and you can sign up there to make sure you get an email sent to you every time I release a new podcast like this one with JJ. And you also get a series of my very best podcasts from the archives. My name is Yara Stark. Thanks again for listening to the EJ Podcast. And I'll talk to you on an episode very, very soon. 